You said go. Yes, I did. All right, so we're going. Yep. Welcome to our Sunday study. There you go. Pretty sure we missed last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Things haven't been going so well, which we yeah. shared. If you listen to yeah, the daily studies, we talked about it a little bit. But we are getting this done today. Um, we did a Instagram Live Saturday with everyone. Um, cool. So come hang out with us there. We're trying to get everything figured out since YouTube changed their things and we can't do all the stuff like we were. Um, listen to our daily Bible studies on our home church YouTube channel or here on the podcast because things have been kind of crazy and hectic. Um, but Sunday study up today. And then starting tomorrow, Monday, we will be back on track with our daily Bible studies, Lord willing, finishing up in 1 Corinthians, moving into 2 Corinthians. Yep, but this one we're in Matthew. Yes. And also we are in ESV, just so we can confuse It's the translation everybody. that we're reading Yeah, of. this is the translation that we use on these Sunday studies. This is my personal favorite. This is what I study with. Just in our daily Bible studies. In our daily Bible studies with our families, we use the New Living Translation just because it flows better. I think it's uh, for kids without sacrificing too much of the text. So uh, we do that one on the the dailies. But then these with the ESV, we do on the... Yep. So if you want to go ahead and pause us, spend some time in prayer before we get started. And then if there's anything at all that we can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer, um, if you are in need of anything, if you're in need of a Bible to study out of, if there's anything we can do, counsel, help, questions, whatever it might be, go to APHomeChurch.com, reach out to us there, and we'll be happy to help in any way we possibly can. Yep. All right, so we're in chapter 15, verse 1. And... Jesus here this I'll just go ahead and start it and then just kind of okay we'll just talk about it as we go okay Jesus speaking to the religious right of his day right now which would this this would be your your elite the people that you know wear the fanciest suits to church and <laughs> yeah so verse one then the pharisees and scribes came to jesus from jerusalem and said why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat he answered them and why do you break the commandment of god for the sake of your tradition (laughs) he makes a clear distinction between the commandment of god and the tradition of men yes a very clear distinction between these two things because there is a big distinction between them verse 4 for God commanded honor your father and mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die but you say if anyone tells his father or his mother what you have gained from me is given to God he need not honor his father so for the sake of your tradition you have made void the word of God you hypocrites well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. It's become practice to them. It's become just part of their their religious system. It means nothing to them. Teaching in vain do they worship me, teaching as a, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see this stuff today so much. 
I think we see it so much we don't even realize how much we're seeing it sometimes. We don't, and it's at the highest levels because it's, you know, it's popular. Not popular, but in this country, I think, you know, you you work hard and you love Jesus, right? That's like what the general... I don't think we realize often these things that we feel so strongly about and we believe are so important. Um, We don't realize that they are just traditions of men and not God-ordained scripture specifically. You see it with the Catholics. You see it with a bunch of different groups, but not just with them. I think it, like you said, it exists more in ways that we don't really notice. And that's just it that, like, I was trying to to say with the, you know, we work hard and love Jesus. Well, it's, here's some certain things that that have come along with that, like, going to church on Sunday and Wednesday well, and making sure that we are dressed nicely and putting out a image of the type of on Sunday on Sunday of the and type we don't really think about it the rest of the week that was our when we started assessing why do we celebrate Christmas why do we celebrate Easter why do we celebrate Halloween you know kind of going through these different things why do we do this stuff it, you, you know I mean you can look at anything that you do, I think it is worthwhile to stop and think, am I doing this because this is just a traditional thing? It's a societal thing? Like, this is just what we do? Or am I doing this because scripture calls me to live in this way? You know, and it doesn't mean that everything is bad and turn away from yeah, it. No, I mean, no, culture no, is definitely a very But at the same time, you have to thing. make sure that you're, that you're truly honoring Christ. Yeah. With your life and with what you so do. So if you can look at it and assess it under the microscope of scripture and you feel that you are truly serving Christ and showing the love of God to others through these things that you're doing, more power to you, do it. That's great, to the glory of God. But stopping and thinking about these things instead of just thinking, well, I'm honoring God, look at these things that I'm doing because of all these traditions that I'm making sure, you know, are of utmost importance in my life. Okay, <laughs> but they're traditions of men. Verse 10. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes in the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? <laughs> he answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, Slander, these are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Yeah, they were offended because he was kind of declared that it wasn't all about their dietary law and following it, that that had nothing to do with whether or not that makes you clean or unclean, which to them, I mean, even the idea of eating some unclean food, Peter even said when he had his vision he's like no i've never let anything unclean come across my lips yeah so they understood the seriousness the seriousness of what he was saying there and they were like it was that moment where yeah they got pretty upset 
You're saying what's in my heart matters far more but than the, just these outward regulations. But the I point follow? is, is like they didn't get it, even though that they thought that they understood. They understood the point of it, and that mm-hmm. that they felt that it was so. You know, they were just holding the wrong thing up. But if you listen to the things that Jesus is listing, evil thoughts, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. It's one of those things I think that has been so easy for us evangelicals lately. We're so quick to slander either whether it be a politician, mm-hmm. whether it be a race, whether it be whatever it is. We're so quick to slander in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just make sure and be careful that you're not honoring him with your lips and not with your heart because slander is not something that comes out of a follower of Christ. Uh, we were having a discussion about this on YouTube recently, and, and slander is definitely not a characteristic of a Christian lifestyle or doesn't give you any kind of idea that that person is truly honoring the Lord with their heart. I mean, it, it gives you more questions than it does answers because these things Jesus says himself this is these are the things that defile you these are the evil things that will ruin you but just doing your little motions that doesn't that doesn't do anything verse 21 and Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon and behold a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying have mercy on me O Lord son of David my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out to us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. There's a lot in this whole little interaction here. This is a Canaanite woman which the Jews did not speak with. Uh, They were completely... Yeah, they were completely unclean. They just didn't have any association with them whatsoever. But, well, because they were half. Yes. And that was that was an issue. They were half Jewish people. Yes, they were half Jewish. So that was an issue for them. A huge cultural issue for them. But she called Jesus son of David, which shows a bunch of knowledge just in itself right there. You know, right there, because she obviously had knowledge of the Messiah, the coming Messiah, knowing the Messiah, who he was. So she definitely had a knowledge, a lot of knowledge there. And he calls her... He says, it's not right. He said, well, at first he says that I have come to for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So the Messiah came to Israel first and had to be rejected uh, to be given to the Gentiles. So this is that kind of uh, foreshadowing of this whole thing. What he's saying is like, all right, well, I came to lost. I came for Israel first. And it isn't right to take what's theirs and give it away. He calls her a dog, which cracks me up. <laughs> like, I laugh at that. But the, well, not her a dog directly. 
but he's making reference to, especially the, her being a Canaanite and from, coming from a Jew, they would refer to them as dogs in derogatory ways. The way that Jesus is using the term, though, is not derogatory, because if you notice, he says, it's not right to take off the children's plate and feed it to the dog. This is a domestic dog that's a friendly family pet that's part of the family. You know, that this isn't... This isn't a, um, he's not saying it in a way of, you, well, this woman is a, you know, is a... Or even if it's not a part of the family, per se, I mean, it's, it's a good animal that you, you know... Well, yeah, I mean, even if it's not part of the family, it's a domestic, it's a domesticated dog You're that's... You're talking about an alley cat. Well, it's enough for it to be underneath your family's exactly. dinner table. Yeah. So, that's what the point of it is, is the, 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 it's enough to be underneath the dinner table, which is pretty, which understanding the whole picture now that we have the whole picture we understand the, the meaning behind all of this uh, understanding that you know the Gentiles were part of the plan for Israel in the fullness of time and the Gentiles would accept Christ first you know and Israel would be put on on time out for a little bit until God deals with them and then we would be completely reconciled uh, to God as one but before this it was it was I came I came to Israel first and that was that was the message but with her faith and her knowledge in what she says she says yes but even the dog eat the crumbs that that fall from the table and Jesus was just amazed at the amount of faith in the response to that this is one of my favorite responses it's not that you know, you can picture Jesus going, yep, you get it. You know, like, that's exactly what I'm looking for here. That's, well, that's why she point. was healed yeah. immediately. And he says, your faith, I, I mean, great is your faith, he says in this uh, version. Well, that's so much of the issue that we see, you know, with so many of these issues, they come down to it. It is by faith that you believe and you know that that's the key point here starting from Abraham you know I mean it's the faith that does it and so any of these right we just read the story you know well you're not washing your hands you're not doing this okay because it's not that's not what it's about it's about your heart and where the true faith comes from right I mean you, you guys had the law to essentially be your babysitter until I could get here well I'm here now so I'm going to take care of all of that stuff, and I'm, I want to deal with y'all's hearts. Right. Because that's where I'm having a problem, right? He's got the religious in front of him who are so busy fussing over hand-washing that they can't see the Messiah who's literally standing in front of their faces right. going, Hello, Jew, I'm here for you. But then he goes over to this unclean, this untouchable right. woman. Right, this Canaanite and woman. And she's going, Lord, I got you. Yeah. I'm here. I believe you can take this demon that's oppressing my daughter. Like, I... You can do it. Just say the word. And when he's like, ah, get out of here. I'm here for the Jews. He knew. He knows. And, and she's like, no, no, no. Even even I, even though I am not one of them, even I can be helped by you because you are who you are. Look right. at the difference. For the super advanced Bible people that are interested in it, this is also everything that he did here is so extremely prophetic and you can tie to... Uh, the Old Testament, it's not even funny. So that's also another interesting little note. But for the for the most part of it, this is 
just a foreshadowing of the whole story altogether. Verse 29. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them, so that the crowd wandered. <clears throat> when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven, and a few small fish. And direct, directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish. And having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. Those who ate were four thousand men, besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went into the region of Megadan. Going into chapter 16, verse 1. And the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test him. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven. These are two normally bitter bitter opponents of each other. The Pharisees like, and the Sadducees. Yeah, this is like the Democrats and Republicans coming together against for one cause. So you know it's bad so you know when it's they're bad. even willing to kind of team up together to go yeah. at something. Gotcha. He answered them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you can't interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except for the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. He knew what their their goal was with it. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They were coming to test him. Mm -hmm. And he said, basically, if you were paying attention, like you say... Oh, hey, the sky's red. It's probably going to be crappy weather tomorrow. Like, hey, this guy's coming around healing everybody, saying all the right things, doing all the right things, and everybody's Maybe like, no. Nope, it's the Messiah. This can't possibly be him. He's like, you guys are an extremely unfaithful generation. And it also confirms that Jonah is an actual real person, too. Oh, yes, because yeah, some people Jonah, do believe some that Jonah is just that a story. That Jonah is just a story. A lot of. Actually, a lot of Jewish people believe that these are just kind of... A lot of these are stories that are not necessarily true. Yeah. Especially Jonah. Jesus referencing it in the sign of Jonah. Three days and three nights. That gave it a little bit of a nod to its... Yeah. Historical... Either that or Jesus just accuracy. like stories. <laughs> yeah. Okay, going into verse 5, it reminded me of something. Uh, the disciples reach the other side. Usually in the book in Matthew, when... He says when they reach the other side, he's talking about a trip between a Jewish area and a Gentile region. Hmm. So you can kind of picture this next part is Jesus saying like, Whew, look out for those guys back there when he's coming up. So verse 5, when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. 
Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not yet remember the five loaves for the five thousand? And how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves of the four thousand? And how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? <laughs> Beware of the leaven or the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. <laughs> He's like, you guys, come it, on. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't. This is one of those uh, places in Scripture where you can really sense Jesus' humor. Because mm -hmm. uh, you, can, you can see he says it with some, some humor. He's like, did you... How many did you have? Okay, and you still, you know, like you, yeah, not condescending because he, no. he's not being condescending, but it, it's it, you, you get see kind of his a personality. Yeah, you see his personality, but again, you see funny. his personality in the Old Testament too when he's talking, and it aligns perfectly, you know, sure. with this. Yeah. You, you oh see yeah, it's him. the same. Yeah. It doesn't and change. He's an awesome yeah, guy, you know. Same. But and it's funny too coming up here with the feast of unleavened bread and Passover and everything. Again, you know, the reason for the unleavened bread is the yeast in the bread and yeast is always shown to us to be an example of sin and how just a right. little bit in just infects the can whole infect thing. the whole thing right? and so here he's relating this to them well and saying, and he's talking it's still in the context of teaching about the commandments of men the, mm -hmm. the traditions of men and in all of this oh yeah that then the disciples i you know i've i just I'd love to be in a, th I know how it goes, but I'd love to be in a think tank with them during some of these things, you know, and they're just getting so frustrated, you know, they're just like, what? Like, I, whoo, I really don't get it. He's so worked up about He's this so, yeast and we like, don't have I, any bread. We don't have any bread. What? <laughs> One of us forget something? <laughs> it's, it's pretty. Who was supposed to grab the bread? Yeah, that was pretty, it's pretty funny. All right. So verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. That this is one of the most controversial passages in the whole Bible mm -hmm. obviously very very sensitive to the Catholics mm -hmm. um, I won't go over it too much here but he he's in no way implying that Peter is higher than any of the other apostles 
he, Jesus is merely making a point here. The reason why he calls him Bar Jonah is he's he's giving him an example of he has an earthly father that can teach him things, but the fact that his father in heaven revealed to him that Jesus was the Christ. It wasn't any human doing. It was something that was straight from God. So that's what the point in that was. On the fact that he is the Christ and he is the true living son of God is the rock that he built his church off of. That could that's one there there's many different ways to take that verse. But the way that I read this and I think the most simplistic read to it is to take <clears throat> excuse me is to take it as the idea of him being the true living son of God as the rock, the truth that he built that on. And Peter is merely the one who confessed it. But the Lord clearly has no favorites, period. Well, because if anything, he says the disciple he loves the most is John. Right. He's, yeah, it's the most the beloved disciple. So if you're going to go off of, of those, if that standard, you would think, standard, you would think, so you John. think John is higher mm -hmm. than that, right? And but then, he didn't call John the Right, rock. and then John was the last left alive, and mm -hmm. he, he lived a, a full, normal life. Depending on what you believe, he died a natural death. Yeah. Um, depending. And that's another argument. People love to argue about everything, so I try to identify every little piece of argument that there are. I won't go into all of them. So that, anyway, that that's a very complicated one. Don't get too wrapped up in it, though, because that's one of those things that's very easy to... You're missing the forest for the trees You really are. From that time, verse 20, 21, I'm sorry. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far it be from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. He, it sounds like something pretty steep to say when he's, he's not calling Peter Satan. He's calling the idea of what Peter was trying to prevent him from the Messiah accomplishing his mission, which is, at this time, obviously, with Satan's <laughs> number one goal is, ah, uh, he's here. And he's gone. We got to stop this. But Peter, they had no. He was like, wait, wait, what? Because we've talked before, like in Isaiah, you 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 can get two ideas of two totally different messiahs. Mm -hmm. you get one that's the suffering servant, or the uh, it's the it's Mishiach ben David. I think mm -hmm. is what it is. The other one, which is the mighty warrior, the the mighty. Davidic, Davidic warrior, warrior. Mm -hmm. and they're expecting once he goes into Jerusalem, like this is gonna be this is it, right? Like, like when David, like came here we Jerusalem. go. This is when stuff turns real. Watch out, Romans. Well, and the point here too. I mean, Jesus is man, so we don't want to go jump into things that we know are gonna be horrible for us. So he, as a human, is knowing that he is facing stuff that he does not want to go do. 
Yeah, I would prefer about it. so when this hey, hey you, you can't we can see that with this we can human see that in, in we could see that in that well father if it be your will to take mm-hmm. this cup from me I'm totally that'd be down. the preferable thing yeah. that'd be cool if I didn't have to do it but I but want if not your I will. get it and it's your will but that's the same thing for us sometimes in life we are faced with seasons even of our life that stink facing our our own consequences and it just stinks and it's like god if you can take this like that would That'd be, be great. awesome but if this is what i need to go through to do your then will so be for it. you to use me as a vessel for your glory all right let's do it but then we remember this is something jesus that he he constantly prayed over mm-hmm. verse 24 then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Forever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. Then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Get the end of 16 there. Uh, When Jesus says that there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's another very debated debated passage. (laughs) And I hate that word. Debated passage. Oh, passage. that's right. Passage. Verse. But either way, uh, it's very debated. But it's pr- he's probably referencing this next event that took place, which is the transfiguration in in chapter 17. Verse 1. Were you still chewing your red vine? A little bit. Okay. You'll have to check that out on the... And go. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I would make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and have no fear. And they lifted up their eyes. They saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision. Until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, Then why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? He answered, Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him. But but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. 
And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed, because they had no idea what the heck was going to happen. But could you imagine trying to really grasp all of the things that they've been seeing and been a part of? No, they could They can like, they didn't. I know on one hand it's like, you've seen him do all of these things. How did you not understand? But it's like, really? Because could you grasp all of this? I mean, this is a lot of stuff. Although they got to see the transfiguration and that was supposed so. to be a preview of the... Yeah. Glory that Christ had before he came into the world. So, which is so amazing. Which is awesome. Think of. So, but after they see that, I mean, and then he tells them about having to go and do this, I would be like, oh, okay, well, you should be cool then because of all that stuff that we just saw. <laughs> but that I shouldn't faze you very much. That didn't come across. Well, but I mean, still. I, I am still. I mean, we I, we sit here and laugh at him because we have the whole story put together. I mean, they, exactly. they we that's well, that's but even still, I mean, we know as believers that death isn't really death. Just yeah. because somebody dies here doesn't mean that they are gone. We have eternity together, but death it it still stinks, you know? It's still a hard thing to process here. I mean, the the well, hope is... of what we have to look forward to is the only thing we have to comfort us, but imagine them being like, wait, well, no, that, well, you, that not is now. The, well, the last enemy to be swallowed up is death. Is death, exactly. And that, I mean, that's that's the last thing, so. Death, you there's, have no sting. It's sting, yeah, I mean, it's it stings up until the final mm -hmm. end, and that, that's the problem of it. So, yeah, there'll, there'll be that little sting, but it's okay. Verse 24. Four. I've seen if you could do it. I could. <laughs> when they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, I love this response. This is the gift to Caesar response, but I love this. This you with your it's my favorite libertarian yeah, flag this is waving my in the libertarian background. Flag waving, yeah. Taxation is theft. <laughs> okay. So Jesus going back, I'll read verse twenty five again. He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take their toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open in its mouth, you will find a shekel. Then take that and give it to them from me and for yourself. 
I highly encourage everybody to go look up John Piper's commentary on Matthew 17, uh, 24 through uh, 27, the one that I just read there, because he does it probably the best justice I think that I've ever mm -hmm. seen. He's got such a cool explanation there of what what that's all about. But yeah, I I really think that's a really cool part there. Well, the sons are free. From her, the kings of the earth, who do they take their toll? From others, their sons or others. Well, and that's what I think is so neat here with this this tax that they're talking about. Um, Exodus thirty eleven through sixteen is where it talks about that half shekel offering which mm -hmm. is the equivalent to the two drachmas for right. the support of the tabernacle later then you had to go and give this tax for the temple and then we're saying there that the sons are free be yes because, because the drama the tax was the temple tax i'm yeah. sorry i didn't break i get that would have made sense to i i should have said that before but Yes, the drop in tax was the temple tax. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's where I like the note here. It was a little different than the, the, the give to Caesar moment. But but his point here, and because the temple is God the Father's own house, the son and those he has brought into the Father's fam family are exempt, exempt from the temple tax. Correct. We are now a part of this family. Therefore, we don't have these required taxes to be paying to the temple because we are not we are not strangers. under the authority of right yeah we're we're not the others we're the sons <laughs> right but i think that's a all right so is it for 17 anything else we did 15 16 and 17 this week yep so um we are hopefully back on track with our daily bible studies and then working through matthew on sundays and uh yeah hopefully that helps we enjoy doing bible study with everyone but thanks guys for hanging out with us <laughs>